Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Top Gun, owning a rally car, spreadsheets and a mom munching 12-foot whale. Hello, Lippy. Hello. We've had a communique from the Screaming Tomato about Spaghetti Junction. Oh, yes. Yes, he used to live in Sutton Coldfield, which is quite close to Mm. Gravelly Hill Interchange. And he says, I've been through that junction a good few times. As long as you know where you're going and follow the signs, it's quite clear. If you know where you're going. That's the important bit in that sentence. I can imagine otherwise you could end up who knows where. All over the shop. All over, yes. And he was surprised that Reading isn't a city, which Mm. is not, still a town. And was very impressed with the vacuum cleaner faux pas. No, that's not impressive. It didn't even happen. Yeah, I did. And it's there for posterity. No. They also picked up on the fact that you said, we've got a shark Hoover. Oh, yeah, because Hoover's a company. (laughs) Yes. Funny how that's become a a name, Mm. a local name for a vacuum cleaner. We've got a shark vacuum cleaner. Yes, that's it's the proper term. Now, we somehow got on to jumping on trains, jumping on roofs of trains oh, and yes, inside trains. yes, uh, Which I did a little bit of reading on, and we were corrected that it was air pressure that would push you backwards. Uh, however, somebody then asked another question, what, which was, if the train is accelerating, when I am in the air after jumping, will I land in the same space? And the answer is no. So if you jump before it starts moving and then it moves while you're in the air? No, um, because you're not being... Because the, the train is accelerating, You mm. will, when you take off, you will be accelerating at a rate. But the acceleration of the train's increasing, not the speed of the train's increasing, so it will be going faster when you land, so therefore it will move further. Yeah. It's a very small amount... It's not worth getting too concerned about, but it does add another uh, element to the uh, jumping the Yes, another layer of just total confusion. And there's some natty little uh, formula here, which explains all of that, allegedly. And the other thing we spoke about was the gentleman that had lost his tent. And we said, what three words would be quite useful, Mm. which would narrow it down to a three metre square, which is probably close enough. Yeah. Depending on how many there are. Uh, but I did find there is a Tent Finder app that's designed for festivals. And it gives you the latitude and longitude of the tent. Mm. So that's as accurate as it can be, provided you've got an accurate GPS fix. Yes, I'd also seen, um, I'd actually seen someone did it with their child. But I thought it would work quite well with the tent as well. Obviously, you can get other ones, but Apple Air Tags are quite like popular at the moment because they link to your Apple phone quite easily if you have an Apple phone, obviously. And she and they have little cases, and one of the cases has a pin on it, so she puts it in her children's clothing on the inside and pins it to her children's clothing so right. that she can track them. But if you put it in your tent, then you could track it. How does that work? You can put into your phone directions to Apple Air Tag, and it tells you how to get there. How does it know where the air tag is? Because it's linked to your phone. Uh, how is it linked? Like Bluetooth. But like Bluetooth is fairly. Oh, I don't, I've never used. I've never used one, but it links to your phone. So, like, find my phone. If you have an iPad or an iWatch, you can find your phone with those items. You can find your phone. That's very different because your phone has a battery, 
and the ability to send messages. And I don't know whether AirTag is the same. Well, the AirTags are designed to be tracking devices. So you put them on something and it, you can track them. But I want to know how it works. Well, then you can Google that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to tell me how to work. I do the fun bit. You do the research bit. Uh, okay. But it's an Apple product and I'm not really that bothered. No. I much prefer the tent finder. And I prefer yeah. the tent finder because you can take a photo of the tent and you can share the whole lot with your mates as well. So if you're expecting somebody to meet you at your tent for whatever mm. reason at a festival, you can uh, you can do that. Yeah. That's not Which bad. Is, yeah, it's pretty good, that. Um, yeah, I like that. Now, I had a an interesting experience over the weekend. Mm. I, I went to the cinema, which I haven't been to in many, many years. Yeah. Um, we went to an everyman cinema, which has restored my faith in cinemas. They are good. And they are very good. The seats are comfortable. Uh, we ate before we went in because I didn't fancy trying to eat something in the dark, mm. uh, which I think was probably quite a good idea. The food was superb there, but there was nobody talking. And that's always been my beef over the last few years about yeah. cinemas is that people, for some other reason, it seems it's an environment to talk in, which is... Madness. I think... Every man's are a little bit more expensive than a normal cinema because obviously they've all got nicer seats and stuff. So I think mm. the people that have bought the tickets to the cinema are there because they want to watch the film, yes. not there to distract their child or think of yes. something to do. And they're there yes. to see the film. Yeah, absolutely. The, the people there were of uh, either families or people of a certain age, mm. you say, who want to actually go and see the film. Anyway, the film we went to see was Top Gun Maverick. Which I have to say was absolutely superb. Was well, Whether or not you like Tom Cruise, mm. the fact is that any film production of his is a spectacular masterpiece. Yes, without a doubt. I mean, the visual it was well, they're just superb. And mm. the, the I'm not going to give too much away, but the there's a, a quite a big part of the scene is shot within the cockpit of planes, mm. which they were actually in planes, so they were flying in the them. Back no, they weren't flying them. Oh, they not? They were in, no, 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 no. Because you can't just, as an actor, just step into a F-18 and fly it at 600 miles an hour. Tom Cruise can fly planes. Difference he... between, yeah, but flying a plane doesn't mean you can oh, I guess. fly every plane. So he flew the plane at the end, which was a twin-seater Mustang prop uh, power plane. But he can't fly an F-18. Oh, That's okay. It. That doesn't work like that. It's not like a car license. <laughs> It's, well, it's a bit like you can drive a car, but you can't drive mm. an HGV lorry. So, that, and it's a similar sort of approach. But so, what they do is the F eighteen has a two seater version, so they stick them in the back of the two seater version yeah. with a series of cameras around them. And and what they do in the edit is use CGI to make the cockpit look like a single seater. So uh, all of the outside scenes or the pie, the um, actors' facial expressions are all re very realistic and real. Mm. They just alter the, the skin of what you can see around it. And it, it's it's brilliant. It's a brilliant film. And I was worried there'd be too much CGI in it, but I, there was no evidence of it whatsoever. Mm. So um, if you like the first film, you'll, you'll absolutely love the second one. I do have an unpopular opinion. Go on then. I didn't necessarily enjoy the first film. Did you enjoy the second film? I haven't seen the second film yet. Oh, okay. I hadn't watched it for years. Like only I, Chris and I, oh sorry, Duck Boy and I, decided a couple of weeks ago that we were going to watch it because we hadn't. Neither of us had seen it, 
Um, so we rented the first one. I understand how it's a very impressive film and a film of its time, but I didn't necessarily enjoy it. <laughs> it has to be said, the original film is full of cliche lines. Mm. Uh, you know, there's lots of them. It's a very different beast, the, uh, the 2022 film. However, I think the flying scenes in the first one are, are breathtaking. And yes, and also back when it first came out, those scenes would have been incredible because of yeah, would have been of just technology and how things work. And, yeah, yeah they and how old it was. And I get that, and I get how it would have been a very impressive film in its time. But I think watching it for the first time now, it just seemed a, I knew exactly what was going to happen. That's- say that over a lot of films really yeah and those and films like that i don't necessarily enjoy it doesn't mean i i wouldn't watch them again i just didn't i wasn't no, it's that not, it's not thrilled. everybody's film anyway we then watched uh over the weekend ghostbusters afterlife oh which i which was very good and something occurred to me whilst watching that is that remakes of films are okay but actually ones that then forward the story yeah. are brilliant because mm-hmm. you're not comparing back to the original one. Yeah. And there's very few remakes are better than the original film. Yeah, there are some exceptions, obviously, but um, but uh, generally the ones that follow on are very good. So I'd also recommend Ghostbusters. That was. I started watching that film and then I can't remember what I was doing. We went out or we went somewhere. So I turned it off and I haven't finished it yet, but I definitely want to finish it because I was very much enjoying it, especially the jokes. Yes, well... Passing off jokes as your own is... I definitely told you I was watching Ghostbusters and I heard the joke and that's what I wanted to tell you. I was also very drunk at the time. I don't know if you realised that. No, I, I heard it secondhand. So oh, okay. I think. I had informed also. that... No, because it was when you were stuck in the traffic jam. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm. Oh, yes, that's right. I had what a few it? wines. Yes, that was fairly evident. <laughs> Talking of... Um, Regret. <laughs> I only had, well, only have, possibly had now, one regret in life is that I didn't buy a Metro 6R4 rally car in 1987 <laughs> when Group B was abandoned and they were selling them for 13,000 each because they're worth well over 200,000 now. So that would have been. Yeah, that is a bit a year, of a regret. Yeah, it was a year's salary at the time. Anyway, I was watching a video about one and this guy had spent 10 years trying to buy the right one and finally bought it and he changed the engine in it and he said the running costs of the original car so it's four-wheel drive car it's got front and rear diffs you have to rebuild the diffs every 500 miles at whatever cost the gearbox and engine have to be rebuilt every thousand miles and the engine rebuild is twenty-five thousand pounds oh my god and it does five miles to the gallon oh in these conditions that is a lot it's a lot of money it's an Mm. awful lot of money now those might be mileages for competition use where you're absolutely ragging it rather than poodling down the street nevertheless it would have been a cheap car to buy and a very, very expensive, expensive car to one to maintain. keep. Yeah. yeah, which is why a lot of people do put other engines in there. Um, but uh, there was a, a little bit of a, ooh, actually, maybe, maybe it was better not to buy one. Moment. Yeah, because but, uh, knowing you, you would have wanted the original engine in it. You wouldn't have wanted to change it. I'd, I'd want the full international spec, yeah. which was 
440 brake horsepower, I think. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think um, 25,000 power rebuilds would have uh, gone down particularly well. Albeit affordable. Well, I think, yes. I, d- I did get the opportunity to be a passenger in one at the uh, Dunsfold Wings and Wheels a few years back. Uh, and it was a Evolution. So it was a damn 400, I think it was. So it was the Evolution of 6R4. And it was as as good as I thought it would be. Absolutely astonishing. Um, the, the chap had quite a collection of Group B rally cars, which he sold last year, I think, for... Uh, a, a lot of money so they've definitely gone up in value anyway i wanted to talk about something that you quite like yes and this was love island uh, sorry love island no oh. uh spreadsheets oh i do love a spreadsheet though <laughs> you do love a spreadsheet this was sent by a friend of mine and it was a ted talk with a chap called dan bricklin who was the inventor of the spreadsheet and he started in 1978 on what would become VisiCalc, which was the first spreadsheet launched. And it ran on an Apple II computer. Mm. And the reason he started it was that he, he was uh, doing case studies, so numeric case studies uh, at Harvard. And if you made a mistake, because they're all written out by hand, if you made a mistake, then you basically had to stop, start again. Yeah. And if you'd handed it in, that was it. So he thought, well, there must be a way of doing this where we can put figures in and and have other elements of it that change when you change one of the figures. So that was yep. his his idea. And he came up with it in the in the lecture room. Uh, he produced a prototype, which his dad had talked to him about engineering prototypes. Uh, so not necessarily building the full thing, but making something that, that works more or less, just to mm. see where the problems were. So from that, he came out with the alphabetically named columns and the yeah. numeric row numbers and it is arguably the most important commercial software application ever made and in fact steve jobs said that visicalc propelled the success of apple more than any other single event oh wow because all of a sudden his computer that you could do some stuff with had a business application yeah it was really usable and i think you know the spreadsheet is the, probably the most used and the most abused bit of software there is because people use it for all sorts of things that it probably shouldn't be used for i use it very basically but i love it my favorite thing to do is create a a budget spreadsheet (laughs) yeah well i think that's the reason why i've seen people try to plan projects on it and that to Mm. me is the wrong thing to do that there's proper project planning software that does that you know where you can tumble dates through and stuff like that so what became a visicalc because you just don't see it anymore and it was bought by a company called Lotus in 1985. And they can discontinued it in favour of Lotus 123, which was the spreadsheet during the 80s. Oh, okay. And then IBM bought Lotus via a hostile takeover in 1995. Love one of those. And continued the product until 2013, when they just basically gave up because of Microsoft's Microsoft. Excel having, yeah, having, having the market. But, you know, the original concepts of VisiCalc live on... In, yeah. uh, in every spreadsheet. Well, weirdly, I saw an old school spreadsheet advert the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember what it was on, but it was, there was a, two guys got into a lift going up to a presentation and they hadn't done it. And they he was doing it on the computer in the lift. 
And one guy's like panicking and the other guy's explaining, no, it's fine because on Excel you can drag and drop and it also fills the cells and then you can do this and it'll put it into a pie jar and blah, blah, blah. And in the lift journey up to the presentation, he's like doing it all and showing how easy and quick it is. Very old school ad. The thing that always bothers me about spreadsheets is how up to date is the data. Mm. Because we have a lot of this with in the financial world is that people will extract data into a spreadsheet and then do some stuff on it but then is it still up to date yeah probably not uh, and, and it's the same with you know having lots of files i mean the cloud has helped immensely with this so things like google sheets which is a superb piece of software but also you can get excel in the cloud so you can have more than one person using it and you know you're working on the most up-to-date one yeah which is not always the case. Chap I used to work with favoured a mug in the office that said, I love spreadsheets. <laughs> and I <laughs> think you probably ought to have that mug. Yeah, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think of picking raspberries, you probably don't think about robots. I don't really think about picking raspberries, to be perfectly honest. But for for the conversation, I will pretend I think about it. <laughs> well, let me tell you, because raspberries are one of the things that I am able to grow a few of. Without yes. Either the furry bandit stealing them or them just not growing. Mm. And they're an odd thing to pick because the what you want them is just before they go mushy. So not too yep. hard and not too soft. And that period of time is very, very small. But you know, the hard ones are really quite hard to get off the stem. Stem. And then once they've got a little bit too ripe, they just turn into liquid, basically. You get but pink somebody, hands. You do, well, you get red hands. You look like you've been in a, well, bloodbath, really. But uh, and you end up eating those ones because yeah. they put it in, well, I can't put it in the pot, so I'll have to eat it. So you end up with a bit of a sore stomach due to over raspberry um, ingestion. Anyway... A company called Fieldwork Robotics, uh, which is a spin-out company from the University of Plymouth, has developed a robot to pick raspberries. And it reckons it can do a kilogram of raspberries in an hour, which sounds like quite Impressive, a lot, to, yeah. be, to be honest, because they're not very heavy. No. And they're beginning harvesting in Portugal, and they're supplying to supermarkets, including Marks and Spencer's, Ocado, Tesco, Sainsbury's and Waitrose. Wow, okay. So robot-picked raspberries will be in the shops very soon. Interesting. Yes, indeed. It stops all that back-breaking work. Yeah. Two million pounds to develop these beasties. Yeah. That's a lot. But they can work 24 hours a day. Oh, my God. There's a squirrel on my fence. Sorry. (laughs) That was so cute. He was just sat there with his little paws by his face. Hello. Got a squirrel friend. Yeah, they're all very sweet until they're in your loft eating the cables. He's doing some like ninja side shuffle along my fence. Talking of squirrels, there's an awesome video on YouTube, if you like squirrels, where it's an obstacle course for them to Mm. get to a massive thing of um, nuts. And then he's put like different, they're not traps, but like obstacles across the obviously it's an obstacle course yes and it's like an obstacle course he'll put like one nut over like a trap door and if they take it it like releases the trap door and they like fall to the bottom have to go back to the start and i didn't realize how clever squirrels were they start, got to a point where they saw that happen to one of them so the next one didn't take the nut they just okay. went straight past it knowing that there were more nuts if they got to the end 
then if they stopped and had that one, that stops them from getting to all the nuts. Yes. Highly recommend it. It was very interesting to watch. Yes, there's been a number of those over the years. The only thing I would say is the grey squirrels did manage to scare off all the red squirrels. Yeah, I saw a red squirrel at the Isle of Wight. Yes, Isle of Wight and Brownsea Island, two places. And I think there's yes. some places in Scotland where the was a bit too cold for the grey gray squirrels. Uh, but, uh, they're yes, mean, they, but they're interesting to watch. Well, it's, yeah, it's a bit like gangsters, I suppose. <laughs> Gangster squirrel. Maybe there's a book in it. Anyway, talking of animals, there was an odd sight on the M62 earlier this month. Mm-hmm. On the back of a flatbed truck, there appeared to be a whale. A, a real one? No, turns out it wasn't. It did look like it. It was uh. 12 metres long, and it's believed it was a realistic fake uh, uh. to do with an art installation. But looking at the say- photo, it does. You, you'd certainly go, ooh. Yeah, yeah, because it wouldn't live through that journey, would it? I guess I if it was covered so. in water. Well, it's not. It's literally strapped to a flatbed lorry. Yeah, that can't be a real whale then, can it? No, it can't be. And to be honest, if it was real, it's going to start kicking off a bit. And I <laughs> don't think those straps would hold it. No. But it's apparently it's, um, it's visited Greenwich, Paris and Madrid. So mm, it has, international uh, whale. Yeah. International whale of mystery. Oh, it's aimed at provoking discussion about pollution and the environment. The beach world is a gigantic metaphor for the disruption of our ecological system. Uh, quite why they think it's okay to then transport that around the world is yeah, slightly odd. On a flatbed truck well, that's using not, ridiculous amounts of petrol. Well, it'd be diesel. I mean, you're not going to get it in the back diesel. of a Honda Jazz, for example. No. Interesting. These protesters do seem to come up with interesting scenarios. Well, I think it's very easy to pick holes in their arguments. I mean, you know, Mm. whether or not the argument's right is one question, but it is very easy to pick holes, which we probably shouldn't be doing. One of um, my favourites, just for a giggle is when the Insulate Britain group were sitting on the motorway Mm. and obviously protesting that there should be insulation in all homes. And one of the guys that couldn't get through walks up to the front and goes, I'm an insulator and you're stopping me from insulating homes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And I noticed actually we watched a little bit of the jubilee procession over the weekend there were some people that jumped in front of yes i can't remember what it was they were removed very quickly they were and i found out why they were removed very quickly because their soldiers protecting the queen they had the right to shoot them oh really so the police removed them quickly so they didn't get in the way before the queen came so that the soldiers didn't think they were trying to get at the queen and kill them well maybe that's what we need to do with the road protesters they obviously didn't. I, I did think actually. I can't. I don't think they weren't protesting the royal family. They were protesting environmental things. I think I'm not I read. Sure what it, was, to be honest. Um, it wasn't necessarily about the royal family, but I did think to myself, getting in the way of the queen is not an ideal thing to do. I feel like no. In any scenario, like just don't get in the queen's way. <laughs> You'll be killed. <laughs> yes, quite. Not not a good idea. No. Anyway, changing the subject dramatically. Mm, I like that. Abba Avon Aqua Squash in Wales. It's just opened. It's cost £350,000 to build. 
features 30 water features, including fountains, jets and waterfalls. And the, the local community were looking forward to going there in half term. But even before it was opened, it was closed. I don't understand what it is. Is it a water yeah. park? It's a water park. Okay. Not just water features. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not a museum of features. No. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, a seagull decided to make a nest on one of the, uh, I don't know what it is, part of the water feature stroke park. And you can't move the nest. Not even a pigeon's? A uh, seagull. Not oh, a sea- not even a seagull. So they've got to wait for it to disappear. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> it looks a little bit like a massive game of water-based mousetrap, if you remember that game. And you know, oh yeah, so it could just slide off and off it goes down the track. Yeah, so if the bucket went that's above it, and it's on a sort of slidey thing, then the um, the seagull would disappear off the end of that fairly quickly. Oh, but, that doesn't uh, We have good. laws that can protect it until the seagull eggs hatch. Poor owners, management, whoever, because they will have definitely planned to have finished the park in time for half term. They would have done. I just hope they have some sort of continuation insurance mm. because you wouldn't see that one. Well, would you see that one coming? Possibly. I don't know if you would. It's a weird place to make a nest. It is slightly weird, but it is right by the coast. I mean, there's one picture you can see the sea. It's a few feet oh, away. Okay. I have to say, and I'm going to upset everybody that's Welsh, that there is quite a lot of rain in Wales. <laughs> so having an outdoor water water park does seem... It's not particularly warm there either, is it? Well, it can be, but only on about three days a year. <laughs> Talking about upsetting people, I, yeah. had, uh, I had an email from Chartable, who do all sorts of podcast charts. Apparently, mm. we're number eight for or one of our episodes was number eight for is it personal journals oh. in Ghana. Interesting. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why we're so popular in Ghana. That's one of Duck Boy's favourite places. Oh, maybe oh, maybe it's got something to do with him then. Well, I don't think they know Duck Boy specifically, but... Well, maybe they do. Maybe he's oh. some sort of uh, king over there. Maybe. I'll let him know. So, yeah, so that was a bit of a freaky statistic this week. I like it. Now, I think it was our very first episode we talked about running Doom on a pregnancy tester. Yes, it was. Yes. Well, I've got a Doom-related... Well, a number of Doom-related articles here. Apparently, it runs on all sorts of things, including karaoke machine, pregnancy test, a Honeywell thermostat, the touch bar of a MacBook Pro, Mm -hmm. very good, Uh, specifically Sony Ericsson K800i phone. Okay. Oh, talking of phones, a number of people contact me going, oh, quite like the Nokia N-Gage, or I had a Nokia N-Gage. Yeah, including Duck Boy. I don't know if Duck Boy messaged you, but I used to love that phone. Yeah, (laughs) should have hung on to it, it's worth absolutely nothing now he is an 80s boy now though and a apple phone or an apple phone apple watch sorry not phone apple, apple watch, watch. Oh. now you may or may not be asking the question of why on how is this possible mm. well it's because doom is written in c programming language called c which runs on pretty much everything interesting that's that's the very short answer uh and there is a twitter feed with will it run doom <laughs> uh, i like that yeah, trying all a, sorts of things. There's not a lot in there, but there's uh, a number, the ones that we've spoken about, and a few others. So if you are interested in 
what you could run Doom on. And I started to think about what we could try running it on. Uh, it's at Cadit Run Zoom at Twitter. I'll show you pictures of those things. I'm trying to think of what things you could... Could you run it on an Alexa? It hasn't got a screen. That would be tricky. You get lots of noise and not a lot of action. Mm. Quite like the idea of the thermostat. Honeywell thermostat. But it's a very specific one. That's, that's the problem. Yes, yes. Not any old thermostat. Not any old thermostat, no. Uh, talking to thermostats, wife of Grumpy uttered the phrase, I think we need to turn the heating back on. Sorry? It's not cold. It's just a bit rainy. But it feels, it looks cold. I think that's the problem. Right, she was wearing a polo shirt and shorts, so uh, there is a number of additional clothing that can be worn before we can even yes. contemplate. I'm in on. fleecy jogging bottoms and a fleece zip up mm. because it was a was a little bit chilly when I got home. I will say, it's 21 degrees in here, but so it's, it's nice that, and warm now. Yeah, according to an article I read today, 21 degrees is the perfect temperature to do stuff. Well then, let's perfect get going. Office temperature. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you have a lippy top tip? I did. You did? Was it not to forget your top tip? Yeah, probably. Write my top tips down and then I won't forget them. What was it? Oh, yes. That's not my top tip. It's a top tip that I was uh, given. Because I'm currently home alone. Oh, yes. Yes, because Duck Boy's... Duck Boy's off gallivanting on a business mm. trip. Having a great time. So it's the first time I've stayed in this house on my own. It's quite big. Oh, it's not that big. But when you're on your own, I yeah. was on my own in a flat. Different. You know, there's lots of people in the building. I was on the top floor. No one's coming up there. Easy. And I was telling my friend this yesterday and I was like, oh, I did sleep absolutely fine. Like oh, we have a camera, security camera and stuff. And, and she told me that they, what they do is they, she puts mugs on the back door and the front door on the handles so that if the handle goes down the mug drops and smashes and will either wake them up or scare off whoever's trying to open the door so there's my top tip if you're home alone and feeling a bit nervous stick a mug over your handle very good that is a good idea Mm. yeah you could also fit a burglar alarm you can but they have a dog and the dog moves around so the dog might set it off well you don't you only put it on the doors Ah. uh, motion sensors there's lots now which are wireless, so you can choose what you have. On and off. On and off. Interesting. Uh, we, we had one here uh, many, many years ago, and they selected the movement sensors for having pets in the house. So they uh, tend to put it, which is harder with cats because they tend to climb on back of chairs and yeah. tables and what have you. But with dogs, fairly straightforward. Interest is an advert that I see sometimes when I watch the telly at lunchtime. So it's obviously targeted for a particular group of people. And I can't remember the alarm company. And it's two couples speaking saying, oh, we've just had an alarm fitted. Oh, yes, because the nights are drawing in. What's that got to do with anything? <laughs> I mean, if the crime rates were going up, I could understand that. But just because it's getting darker earlier, it doesn't seem to be a reason to have an alarm fitted. I, I think the darkness is... Darkness is unsafe, isn't it? In most people's head, the dark isn't safe. It's it's not, which begs the question about why the councils turn the streetlights off at, overnight. Like midnight, isn't it? Uh, when it's the it's darkest. One, one o'clock. One o'clock. I'm just thinking what else you could hang on a handle. That would make enough noise to either scare off or wake yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to say it's a shame to smash a mug every time, but then it will, it will be somebody coming in. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
I'm okay to smash a mug over being burgled. Mind you, what would happen if you did that and you heard the mug smash? Would you go down and investigate? Would you just dial 999? I'd dial 999 and push my wardrobe in front of my door, my bedroom door. I wonder if you filled the mug with drawing pins. Ooh, so when it hit the floor, it then... Well, no, if they then stood on them, they yeah, hurt. Yeah, maybe. If you have any security tips involving cups and stationery, <laughs> please do get in touch. Yeah, an out-of-the-box idea, though. We don't want simple ideas like security no, no. cameras. <laughs> we don't want ones that have been done. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, my fun fact is about frogs. I like a frog. Well, you might not like this one. It's oh. called the horror frog. Oh, God. And it will break its own bones to produce claws at the ends of its fingers that uh, it can defend itself with. Oh, my God. So the man that's done a study into this, a chap called David Blackburn, he said, I've only studied dead specimens. So he says, I don't know whether or how the claw retracts uh, or even whether it does. Uh, it does appear to have a muscle to pull it back inside. So he thinks it may passively slide back into the toe pad so they're like wolverine <laughs> he's a bit like wolverine the reading the article he said there's not uh keratin on the claws so like our nails are cat's claws mm. so it's not particularly strong but it could get you out of a tight spot presumably yeah um, oh. and there's a there's a very good picture which i'll post on the socials which has got these little okay look like little drawing pins coming out of the end of their uh, foot or hand but uh, seems a bit extreme it does appear it. doesn't it yeah to and break their hurts. bones uh, yeah it must have it breaks their bones well my only experience of bone breaking has been fairly painful mm. i would imagine it probably does that's it for this podcast thank you so much for listening you can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. goodbye.